The following program is brought to you in part and powered by Munchies 420 Cafe, located at 6639 Superior Avenue in Sarasota, Florida. In a world where boring sports talk has taken over the airwaves, breaking the mold of basic opinionated sports talk, just a bit outside, he tried the corner and missed. They're Reggie, uncensored and off the chain. I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened. No Boundaries Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Derek Fugers. But to be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm saying, woo, right here. And Greg Wiley, the cream of the crop, and there is no one that does it better. For raw, uncut sports on a different level than you're used to. So grab some snacks, turn up the volume, and enjoy sports with no boundaries. Nobody does it better. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Craig coming to you live from No Boundaries Sports Talk. I'm joined today by my boy Derek Fugis. How you doing today? I'm wonderful, my man. I am wonderful. We are live here in the Munchies 420 Cafe Studios, and uh, I'm ready to get the thing going, man. It's been an exciting week. We got some decent feedback from the people out there for the first show, but I'm ready to get the thing going and uh, talk about some things that... uh, that have been hot in the topics this week here in the sports world slash sneaker world slash world world. So. Oh, yeah. We got some good topics today. And shout out to Munchies, located 6639 Superior Avenue right here in Sarasota, Florida. Had us some dank wings pre-show. We did have some food pre-show. Pretty fire. Pretty fire. Dank delicious wings, man. Shout out to Caroline next door. She took care of us, man. Absolutely, she, she's man. awesome. She is um, awesome. We do want to start off with some with some things. Oh, actually, real quick, speaking of munchies, uh, a little thing that we got going on that you know they are a partner of us. August fifth, it's a Saturday, bell time at seven fifteen. Mayhem at Munchies. They got a, a free wrestling show going on. Bring the kids out. It's going to be a great time. Um, you know, you never know who you might see up here. Hey, absolutely, great food, great drinks. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, one thing we do want to get into though. Last week, first show. First show. Few little mistakes here. Few and there. mistakes. You know, we we want to we want to correct our wrongs. That's what we want to do. And you know, there's some things that I said, mainly things that I said that <laughs> nothing Craig Wiley Jr. said last week, but me. Uh, so we were talking about tight ends. We were talking about uh, Mike Isecki and then Hunter Henry. Um, I said that uh, Hunter Henry was a top tight end in targets, uh, red zone targets. That was not the case. I was so I was mistakenly wrong on that. So, but then I said uh, Mike Isecki was top. Five in receiving tar- uh, red zone targets as well. That's not the case. Mike Kosecki was, in fact, top 10 in t- uh, red zone t- touchdowns. He had five. So he was top 10 on that. So that's where I was getting that information with Mike Kosecki. But Hunter Henry, completely wrong. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, I had a, made a, a take on Cooper Cup where I said that Cooper Cup could possibly go down as the most caught receiver in the NFL and he's only had one season over 100 catches, so I just want to go ahead and retract that statement and not say that. So I just want to, like I said, I just wanted to clear the air on a couple things and uh, fix my wrongs. So that's, that's pretty much it. Well, Derek Fugers, there was also one that was brought to my attention by Uh-oh. one of our listeners. Oh, boy, here we go. That you were wrong about. And you were, you, you know, everybody knows you're a New England Patriots fan. Yeah. You hate the Dolphins. I do hate the Dolphins. You were bashing Tua a little bit last last week. What? No. What? Whatever you're telling me, I'm brighter. I'm still right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you tell me. <laughs> and, and you were talking about how Derek Carr was a better quarterback than Tua. So I had to bring this up because I looked on it on ESPN. No, 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 no. So I got to go to the tape. I don't think I I said that verbatim. What, what we'll I'm saying is, what I'm what uh, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. E- go either ahead. way. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tua is actually ranked 12th last year among quarterbacks, and Derek Carr was 14. So they're about the same guy. You know what? You know what I'm going to say to that? Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosecki. <laughs> Who did freaking Derek Carr? Darren Waller was out for like six games last year. So, so it was just Devontae Adams last. And Hunter Renfro? Oh, my God. Come on, bro. Come on. Hey, you so you're p- telling me Derek Carr did more with less? You're right. Thanks, Derek. Hey, uh, uh, hey listen. 
Hunter Renfro, you got to love him from from Hard Knocks and though. I don't, I don't hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. He's a decent receiver. Hey, he's got me some little like uh, some flex points here and there on some bye weeks. Hey, you know, sometimes you got to love him on the fantasy spots. You can't hate that. So definitely can't hate that. No, no, no. But, but I stand by the fact that Derek Carr was a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa. So whoever told you that, you're wrong. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Shout out to Newman. <laughs> <laughs> but we do got a great show for you guys today, man. We got some good topics lined up. Got a little uh, sneaker news, including some Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. We got some uh, Hall of Fame baseball talk. Yep. We got some NFL talk. A little bit of NFL talk. A little bit of JJ. And we ain't talking about watch. We talking about Mr. Top 5 list and quarterbacks. Yep. And uh, you'll be surprised who may be on his top five. Who wasn't on that top five? Who was? Zach may be a little mad. Zach might be a little mad. About who's not on the top yep, five. Zach might be a little mad. But, uh, hey, we got some great topics today. We're going to take a quick break. Pay a couple bills, and we'll be right back. Are you tired of looking like you got your hair cut by Stevie Wonder with a Floby? Dude. Well, I got the solution for you. The most elite barbershop in the Bay Area, Fresco Fades. With four locations, there's no reason you can't have the freshest cut in the city. Two shops in Sarasota, one shop in Bradenton, and one shop in St. Pete. Look them up today on Facebook or IG at Fresco Fades Barbershop. You can also book your appointment on Booksy. So stop walking around with that who is your barber haircut and head over to Fresco Fades, where a fresh fade will get you laid. You guys are the best. Friggin' friggin' Fresco. Schedule radio, no boys allowed. <laughs> She's so cute, I love children. Look at my kids. Entertainment with no ceilings. Um, hello? What are those? And welcome back to No Boundaries. I'm your boy Craig Wiley, joined by one Derek Fugers. About to get into our topics, a little NBA action. Going to talk a little Joker, Dwight Howard action. So, yeah, we're talking about Dwight Howard and uh, Joker. Uh, Dwight was in the, in the news, uh, was pretty much saying that in his prime, he was better than Joker. And uh, he was pretty much talking about how in, back in his day, he was getting 38 and 20, 45 and 18, 19, 20 rebounds a game. Said he was doing this with all, all lobs, all twos, no lay- or no threes, no post-ups like he's getting with Joker. So, uh, you know... Dwight Howard has his two cents, and and he's talking about how he's how he's better than Joker. At the same time, I I kind of have to agree with him, man. I mean, when we're talking about pure center, there was no better nobody better than Dwight Howard before the Orlando Magic. I mean, Dwight Howard's numbers are are, are set a lot set of stones by themselves. To be honest with you, I mean, yeah, Joker is giving you those assists every game, but. Dwight's right. He was averaging 45 points, or not averaging, 40, 45 points some games, 20 rebounds. I mean, four blocks. The guy was incredible at his position. Prime Dwight Howard for the Orlando Magic. There was nobody better. I'm sorry. So, I mean, it's hard to disagree with them, but at the same time, they were two different, in my opinion, they are right now two kind of different players. One's a, a more... Athletic center, Dwight is is athletic, but in his old ways to where he can't really shoot the ball that much. And Jokic can. Jokic got that three-point shot. Dwight really doesn't have that. So, But Dwight Howard was a force to be reckoned with back in those days. So I kind of I kind of don't I, – I, I do not disagree with him. It's, it's one of those crazy things. Um, two slightly different players, obviously. Uh, I think Joker is better all around offensively. Yes, Dwight did have some some – you know, games where he, he did bust out with the big numbers. Mm-hmm. But even statistically, as, as I'm looking here on uh, ESPN or whatever, his, his career stats, he averaged his, – his career average is 15.7. Mm-hmm. Early on with the Magic, he, he had a couple seasons where he averaged tw- – uh, I want to say 20 points per game, it looks like. Four seasons, 20, 20 plus or over. Four, four seasons over 20. Even one season was like 18.3. You rounded up close enough. Yeah. Um, realistically, all the way through his his first season with the Rockets, he was in the 17 to 20 range for the most part. Um, the rebounds, we already know he, he was a beast offensive, defensive rebounds, getting some putbacks. That's you know what contributed to some of those those uh percentages. Definitely way more athletic, way more of a defensive threat than Joker. Oh. There's Dwight Howard's defense is slim to none. Joker does not play defense. I'm sorry. I mean, a lot of people will tell you that, but Dwight Howard, arguably one of the best defensive centers 
while he was now playing. the Joker, he's he's a he. I think he's a badass in the passing game. Of course, like I said, that's 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 where he's that's in my opinion that's where he separates himself from Dwight is the fact that he can shoot the ball and you said it he's he's a way better shooter than Dwight and the fact that he can pass the ball he has very good vision you know and he does post up a lot you know where he gets a lot of one on one matches matchups you know Dwight like Dwight said Dwight was getting a lot of lobs a lot of uh down low feed so it's it's well with Dwight being the better athlete Dwight w- would get a lot of uh those Alley oops. I mean, how, if yep. you look up Dwight oh, Howard's man. highlights, I oh, mean, you'll man. see alley oops all day because he was good at like getting those defensive stops or grabbing that rebound, pushing the ball. And when you got a, when you're, you know, what's what was he like six eleven, seven foot? Dwight. Yeah, when six he, ten. When you got a stride like that, bro, you know, five or six steps, you're already down the court. Yeah. So if you, you got some speed, next thing you know, high flyer. Still gonna say to this day, he was robbed in the dunk contest a couple times. Along with Aaron Gordon, well, yeah, I don't think they don't give no love for the I don't the magic think guys. Nate Robinson should. I mean, but Nate Robinson, I don't know, man. Nate Robinson is just a short guy who jumps so high. He he dunk, he jumped he over Shaq. Man. He got he got the Spud Web love, you know. What he I'm definitely saying? the short guy got it, but you know. But to his case, though, Dwight didn't dunk that ball on that Superman dunk. He threw it in. It wasn't yeah. even a dunk. I, it, it it was I don't know. It was the pizzazz behind it. Now talking about getting screwed, he was screwed at the top. 75 NBA players of all time, in my opinion. I think he definitely should have been on that list because, again, arguably top 10 center of all time. Well, that's what Dwight said. He said he's top five. Here's my thing. I have I have the list right here according to ESPN. Top 10 all time. You got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Legend. You got Will Chamberlain. Legend. You got Bill Russell. Legend. You got the Diesel, Shaq Daddy. Legend. And obviously, Dwight is nowhere near those four guys right there, in my opinion. Because, one, I'm pretty sure all four of those guys you just named were NBA MVP of the league. I, so, know, I know at least some of them were. I, I don't know well, Shaq we, we, was, I know Bill Russell was. We all know Will was. was. MVP. We know, yes, exactly. So Three all, times finals all MVP. All four of them were finals MVPs, MVP of the league, and Dwight just wasn't really at that level of – Dominance of so I, I I can't put him top five, but I could arguably put him in the top ten for sure. Number five, Akeem Olajuwon. That's a great player. I mean, we're talking about a guy who went one pick in front of uh, two picks in front of Michael Jordan. You know, there's a reason why he went number one that year in 1984. MVP, two time Finals MVP, yeah. two time Defensive Player of the Year, twelve yep. time All Star, twelve time NBA or All NBA selections. Nine-time All-Defensive uh, Selection and a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Akeem Olajuwon, they don't call him the Akeem the Dream for nothing. Nothing, yeah. Six, Moses Malone. Now, Moses Malone was a little bit before my time, when before I really got into, in, into to basketball. I mean, a lot of his playing career was – some of his playing career was pre-me being born. And when he was really <laughs> balling was like literally the year I was born. Um, this, this would be a good one to have one of the old heads in here. I'm not sure if, you know, if Moses Malone is really somebody because, I mean, he played, you know, the era wasn't as good. We all know that back when some of those days before Jordan came around and brought basketball back to life, there were legit playoff games being recorded and broadcast on TV. Like the people who'd already seen it and and, and watched it in person. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So the NBA didn't have the clout that it was back then. Maybe that could be a guy that you could take off the list to put Dwight Howard. Well, I mean, and then again, you know, there are going to be those real basketball fans who will argue for most of them because they do know about them. And I don't want to take, I don't want to want to take away from. Them. That's why it's yeah. hard for me to argue because there's there's guys on this list who I've never seen play, who I've never heard of. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying I haven't heard of most of Malone because I definitely have. I've, but I didn't know he played center. To be honest with you, until I looked at the list, honestly. So, yeah. but then, I, then again, I start thinking to myself. But then look at his stats. You know, he, I believe he was in the NBA Finals twice. He's a two time NBA champion. Um, and I believe he was playing for the Sixers at the time. His honor is three-time MVP, finals MVP, 12-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA selection, two-time All-D selection, and he's a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, he's definitely got the numbers. He's got the numbers to back it up, man. So it's like, again, like I don't know much about him, but I don't want to discredit him because I don't know much about him. You know, That's one thing that I think a lot of people do in this day and age. They try to discount these older guys because they don't know much about them and never seen them play. And the eras were different. You, you know, know, that's why we were talking about Larry Bird last week. A lot of people to this day, unless you are our parents' age, 
seen Bird play. They seen what he can do, you know. So that's why they some cats will be like, no, Larry Bird was a dog, you know. So yeah. it's like I think I don't I think we could be doing that with Moses Malone no. because we don't exactly. know much about him and I don't want to discredit him for that. So in uh number seven on the list, the Admiral. David Robinson. Now here, I, I, I don't think I don't, I don't think Dwight is better than David Robinson. See, okay, but this is where it starts getting interesting for me because it's like this is a part of the list where these names start to get a little, huh? I know David Robinson, but like, would David Robinson be on this list because of the championship he won with Pop and you know? So it's like. And I know he was a rebounding machine. I know he was. I know he was statistically a, he was a bad man. Though. I he know was he good, was. He was raw. I know he was, but. You know, in my opinion, Dwight and David Robinson are very similar in build. You know, they both had them big shoulders. So it's like, it, it. I feel like this is where you could start putting Dwight in the conversation from seven on here on out is what I'm saying. So I, I think the accolades are just there a little bit more for, for Robinson. And, and I think he benefited some of having, you know, old Timmy around in his well, in, yeah, that's late, the later he, in his career. That's when he won the championship. But he was still MVP, 10-time All-Star. 10-time All-NBA selection, 8-time All-D selection, Defensive Player of the Year in 91-92. He was Rookie of the Year, and he's a Hall of Famer, so he definitely has the accolades yeah, as well. I, I, I don't know. Looking at this list, I don't know if – if and, and I'm an Orlando Magic fan, but I don't know if Dwight Howard cracks the top 10 with this list. Patrick Ewing, number 8. Pat Pat was good. Now, the only the, the main knock on Pat is not getting that championship. Yeah. And du- and granted, Dwight did get a championship, but he got it with the the Lakers in the bubble. In the bubble, which so. which literally a lot of NBA fans that aren't Laker fans put the asterisk behind that. Yeah, because it, it's shortened season. It's tough. Controlled environment. Well, they had four months off. It's like it's it was like a whole off season for them for everybody to recruit and not have to deal with were, those injuries. Were you so. one of the guys that paid hundred bucks to have your have your like? I thought poster, about it. Your, your, your I thought about in, it. In the- <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about it. Uh, but even even with your boy Patrick Ewing, eleven time NBA All Star, seven time All NBA selection, three time All D selection, Rookie of the Year, Hall of Famer, career stats: twenty one points per game, nine point eight rebounds per game, uh, two point four blocks. I mean, if you're looking at Dwight's stats, I mean, yeah, but. Yeah, when you look at Dwight's stats, eight-time All-Star, five-time rebound champion, two-time block champion, a 2020 NBA champion, eight-time All-NBA player, 2004 All-Rookie team, five-time All-Defensive team, and a three-time Defensive Player of the Year, Craig. That's that's what I get in with Dwight Howard, and it's just like the guy won Defensive Player of the Year three years. Three years. Okay, well, number nine, George Mikan. This is again this might this from seven on he, on out on this list. This is where I want to consider putting Dwight Howard. I mean, he played in the 40s and 50s. <laughs> there you go. Right now, Dwight Howard's taking his spot. So there's like four teams. There it is. He was probably like the tallest guy with a bunch of five seven white dudes. And who's 10? I believe Bill uh Bill Bill Walton. Bill Walton. Come on, man. With the bandana. Come on, man. Looking like they, the picture, the, like, <laughs> listen, ESPN does not do him any any justice like, because the picture that they use for Bill Walton on this all time list kind of makes Bill Walton look like Jack Links from the <laughs> the Deep Jerky commercial. He does look like Sasquatch a little he bit. I'm not like, gonna lie, he looks like Sasquatch. But the thing with Bill Walton is, look at the team he had around him: Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Danny. The team was incredible. So the reason why I think like. The reason he benefited so much off of t- at times was because of why that team was so good. Well, Dwight's Dwight's career stats are actually higher than his. There you go. And George Mikan. So I, I I feel you can throw him in there. There you go. Every other player you named before seven, Pat Ewing, Moses Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, those guys are well-deserving to be above Dwight Howard because of the championships and the alkalis that they put in. You know, uh, David Robinson, the, but right there at that seven mark, you have to arguably start thinking about where are you going to put Dwight Howard in the mix. And yeah, maybe he does deserve to put at nine because obviously Joker is going to be on this list now because Eventually. of two-time MVP finally getting the final championship of this past year. So he eventually he's well, going to he, end he's up. He's adding this to list. his career, still. of course. So of course, th- there you know, George Mikan can definitely slip. Yeah, so quite frankly, we could take both those dudes off and put. 
Joker and, and Dwight Howard on there. And I don't think a lot of people would even argue. No, I don't think they would at all. I don't think they would at all. Since we're on the center topic, talk about old Victor Wimbignana, the first pick in the draft. Obviously, he made his summer league debut in the, the first game. And Craig Wiley Jr., you were not impressed. I, I was not impressed at all. I, I was definitely, after seeing that, was like, wow. All the hype. There was a lot of hype around this guy. I'm a little disappointed. I expected more. I'm not, you know, for somebody who was supposed to be a quote unquote generational talent to get crossed over like that, not even get touched and kind of have like this like surprise look on his face. And he got dunked on too. He got dunked on. <laughs> had to run in with Britney Spears. His security's in, tr- they're not in trouble, but you know, she's obviously trying to raise a hoot on hey, social listen. media. She has a song called Hit Me Baby One More Time. He was just trying to oblige her. All right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> But yeah, it, 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 and some people were calling it like all her fans were calling it like the Britney curse. He had like such a, a bad game the first game, <laughs> didn't really do too good. Uh, disappointed a lot of people. He did come back the second game, do a lot better and kind of redeemed himself. Yeah, the first game he was two for thirteen from the field, uh, one for six for three. He had nine points, eight rebounds, and five blocks. So again, he was there on the on the on the defensive end at the being a rim protector, being that guy. You know, they showed one shot where a dude pulled step back for a three. He just used his length and he blocked a shot. I mean, yeah. that's where he's going to be good at right off rip is his using his length to block shots. Uh, what was his uh, his wingspan? Like seven six seven. It's six, eight foot. Eight foot craziness. <laughs> like imagine imagine just standing there and you got like this 10, 11 foot freaking like reach you got to get over just because of how tall he is plus his his long arms. He can definitely alter a shot. Came back the second game. Had a lot better uh, uh, performance. Oh, I mean, after the first game, they, they interviewed him and they asked him. And I love how honest he was. He said, I had no idea what I was doing out there. And this is coming off of uh, uh, him coming just coming off of a season in, 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 uh, in, in Europe. So he was honest and he said he had no idea what he was doing. So I can respect that. And I like where he had his head. And the second game, he bounced back. He had 27 points. He had 12 rebounds. He had three blocks. I mean... He was he did what and 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 if you look at the tape, he looked really good. He I mean he was dribbling with the ball in his hands. He looked really good with the ball in his hands. He had great vision. He made some good passes. He had some really good nice step back threes. I mean, he, in the second game he showed why he was a number one pick in my opinion. And for avid sports fans who maybe not know the difference between NBA basketball and European league basketball, the rules are different. Uh, shot clocks uh, 24 seconds. I believe it's 36 in international play. The three-point line is is a different length. There are some different differences. Um, I, I believe I believe international is more kind of close to college rules. Yeah, and and the talent just isn't there. You know what I'm it's saying? Not, like let's let let's be real. Like there's a reason why it's Europe in the NBA. I mean, the talent is completely different. Even in the summer league, you know, you're getting guys who are drafting from college coming straight into the league, you know, so it's 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 different because he's coming just coming off the season. You know, these these guys who have been drafted and coming out of college had a little bit of time to recuperate, rest. He's coming fresh off of season. So his legs really aren't all there right now. So and but it was good to see him bounce back in the second game. What what sucks for me is the Spurs shut him down. After the second game, they they came out, they said no more no more yeah. Wemby for the rest of summer league. And to be real with you, as much as I kind of want to be impressed by the second game, I still feel like he might have a rough rookie season. And he might get exposed by some. I don't expect him to win rookie of the year. Okay. I, I expect somebody like Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson, or people forget about him, Chet Holmgren. You know, this this guy was a, a really high draft pick last year. He missed his rookie season, so now he is technically considered yeah, a rookie. He got hurt preseason. So. That those are the three guys who are my favorites to win rookie of the year, I, and I don't think Victor Wembanyama wants to win rookie of the year. I uh, I think there, there's a guy like him who's going to have a coach like Pop who's going to take the time and and show him what he what Pop wants him to do. Just like he said in the first game, he didn't know what he was doing. I think Popovich is going to show him exactly what he needs to do and how well he can play the game, just like he did with David Robinson, helped him with David Robinson, just like he did with Tim Duncan. So the 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 the, the legacy is there for him to be a great power forward slash center, just like the other two were. So I mean, he's going to have the time to develop and I know you know the hype was around him but honestly people like me people like Davis I think there's a lot of other people out there who really love the game I think that yeah some people think he was he's flawed so I mean 
those are the reason why I think he's not, he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. So I, I got my money on the other three guys that I named. So I just think that it's going to take some time for him to uh, get to get where he needs to be. So It'll be an interesting season to see how he ends up. Uh, he's definitely with one of the best coaches ever in the NBA. I would say him. Maybe next to Phil Jackson, probably the top two that I've ever witnessed in, in my lifetime. Two phenomenal coaches. Definitely looking forward to this NBA season. And there's actually a, a whole new thing coming out about an a, a in-season tournament. Yeah, the inaugural in-season tournament will tip off Friday, November 3rd. It starts November 3rd with the championship on Saturday, December 9th. The semifinals Thursday, December 7th. And uh, the championship will take place at T-Mobile Arena, Arena in Las Vegas. The in-season tournament will consist of two stages, group play and the knockout rounds. Group play is all 30 teams randomly drawn into groups of five within their conferences. So it'll be Eastern Conference or Western Conference. We all know that. Um, beginning on November 3rd, continuing through November 28th, each team will play four designated group play games on tournament nights. One game against each opponent in its group with two games at home and two on the road. Uh, the knockout rounds will be eight teams will advance in the knockout rounds. The team with the best standings in group play uh, play games in each of the six groups and two wild card teams. So, I mean, kind of similar to FIFA. I, I love it, man. I love it. I really do love it. I think it's going to be something to spice up the NBA season. I think it's going to give people uh, things to look forward to rather than the playoffs and the NBA championship. I also think it could help teams, you know, uh, build a little bit of morale to help get their season start going just because it's it's right there at that halfway mark for the NBA, you know? Well, what's kind of cool about it is it, it's it's different. I think it brings a little excitement to the to the season and then on a very long season at that. And then on top of it, it's kind of structured similar to how the World Cup is with uh, you got your group play, then depending on how you're doing group play, you got your elimination rounds and all that. I mean – could this be the new norm? We see that they already expanded the playoffs. You got the, you got the the eight seeds, but you got the two playoff uh, play in teams. Yeah. It'd be nice if they added some like some type of incentive for like you win, you get the gold cup that they got, and they showed the trophy, and then maybe like a first round pick or something like that, or maybe it's a little bit of more. Well, money. there is a trophy for it. I, I, I have know. seen pictures of it. I, I don't think that they can do uh, uh, pick wise because you know how they, they got the whole lottery and stuff behind that. But there should be some kind of something. Well, maybe, that's why I said maybe like a later round pick. You know what I'm saying? Just add like you have the 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 the, uh, the the rules to add another pick. You know, it doesn't have to be 30 picks. It could be 31 if the yeah. team won the in season tournament. You know, like I mean, just a glorified second round pick at that point. But okay, I, I get you. I feel you. But still, that one player. Hey, listen, we got Jordan Walsh in the second round, baby, and I fully expect Jordan Walsh to be a great player for the Celtics. So don't don't don't, don't knock the second. I round, I say guys. just do it like the Super Bowl does. NBA makes enough revenue. They just give you know the the winning team gets x amount, the players get x amount of dollars. The losing team you know gets x amount of dollars, maybe a little bit less. So they did do they, they do they did do the draw results. Would you like to hear them? Yes. So Group A, the West Group A, Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz, and Timber uh, Trailblazers. Wow. Group B is Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Rockets. And those are the uh, Group A and B in the Eastern or Western. Group A for the Eastern is, I'm sorry, back up, reverse that. Group C for the Western Conference, Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, Thunder, and Spurs. And that's it for the Western Conference. Eastern Conference Group A is the Sixers, the Cavs, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. Okay. Group B is the Bucks, the Knicks, the Heat, the Wizards, and the Hornets. And Group C, me and Davis will talk about this at work. Celtics, Nets, Raptors, Bulls, and who? The Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. And this is talking about Orlando Magic team who beat the Celtics three out of the four games last year. I know you're not high on your team, Craig Wiley Jr., but this guy right here is because of my man, co-worker Davis at work. He loves his team. He has sold me on this, this team, this Magic team. Being a legit, not a contender contender, but a team who will make the playoffs and not in the play-in tournament either. Okay. So so with you breaking down those groups, to me, preseason, early, like the way too early prediction, it's it's almost sounds like, you know, the Western Conference sounds like the champion is going to come out of the, the group A, and it sounds like potentially with the Eastern Conference – Group C's the 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 tough one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, the Celtics, the Nets are the only two teams who really made the playoffs in that group. 
But at the same time, you got to look at the talent wise and and what's come in and what's changed all it's this off season. season so. People's already you know improved their rosters and different things like that. So it, it can very be interesting. By the time the tournament comes, you never know injuries, suspensions, yada yada yada. There's still a lot of variables before we get to that thing. Now, do you think if this tournament is successful, maybe they kind of grab a similar format for the actual playoffs? I mean, I think I think a lot of teams. If you look at it, I think a lot of teams would love to be in the chance for the playoffs at the end of the season. But at the same time, you look at teams like the Rockets, who were twenty-two and sixty-two last year, or twenty-two and sixty last year. Uh, they just you get to those points where like they aren't really that good, and I don't think they really want to compete at well, that. Well, time. I'm not saying so, with with all the teams. Oh, you're talking about I'm just saying, a regulator format like that, like, like, like teams. Well, like how they have the the playing teams, right? You throw them all in, you split up the groups, and just have like a group play because you had. Gotcha. I mean, you had the Miami Heat. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, they were the eighth seed. Yeah. They made a deep run all the way to the to the NBA, NBA finals. finals. So I mean, it, it kind of gives the NBA a chance to almost have like that NCAA tournament Cinderella story yeah. happen on a more often thing. Because I felt like this this playoff, or like during this playoff push, a lot of people kind of jumped on the Miami bandwagon because of they course. were the eighth seed. Of course, and the fact that they did kind of make that run, everybody were kind of like kind of cheering for them on the low. Well, everybody likes an underdog story. I mean that's that's one of the biggest things in sports history is that underdog story. So I I think that's why a lot of people jumped on that Miami Heat bandwagon, and I think Jimmy Butler had a lot to do with it. I think Jimmy Butler is just a a liked player in the NBA. Jimmy I think, buckets, he is. He's yeah, a fan favorite. Yeah, I think he's a fan favorite. I think the average basketball fan really does like Jimmy Butler. I think that had a lot to do with it. To be honest with you. So, so yeah, the playing tournament's going to be interesting, man. I would like to see it possibly play into the playoffs, but. It's kind of be it's it's kind of tough because I think they're, that's why they're testing it out this year. But I think it's going to have people. It, a lot it's it's going to be the right to. situation, and I think with the NBA, it is definitely a chance to gain uh, more revenue if they do switch it to a tournament style towards the end. Kind of switched up. I, I know they say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I mean, let's be real. The NBA has expanded a lot since those earlier days. Thirty teams now. They're talking about even some more expansion. Maybe even getting the Seattle SuperSonics a team yeah. back. Um, you know, if they do expand, I fully expect Vegas and Seattle to get the two teams. Yeah, those that's where I would expect. Because if you look at it, we got an NBA or NFL team in Vegas. You got a hockey team in Vegas. You're about to get a baseball team in Vegas. I think eventually you're going to have to put that fourth major uh, sports team in there and, and Adam. So, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back. We got a little NFL topics, some baseball topics coming for you. This is No Boundary Sports. Stay tight. You're listening to the Sky's Limit Radio. What up, what up, baby? You already know what time it is. It's me, the Savage, Sweet Jones Jr. And the Sky's the Limit. Straight up, and it ain't no limit. Lead it. Entertainment with no ceiling. <laughs> Welcome back to No Boundaries. I'm your boy, Craig Wiley. We got Derek Fuges in here. We got a pretty interesting list that's been in the news lately. A particular wide receiver. Old JJ. Old JJ. <laughs> now that you know who I'm talking about. I do know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson was out in the news. Uh, he revealed his top five NFL quarterbacks in the NFL. Would you like to hear them? I would love to hear them. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. It's a pretty good number one. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Old A-Rod. Not to be confused with Aaron Rodriguez. Or whatever his name is. Number three, Joe Burrow. Number four, Jalen Hurts. And number five, Josh Allen. Craig Wiley Jr. No Kirk Cousins on said top five. Now my question to you is, is it okay for a receiver to not name his own quarterback on his top five quarterbacks list? I think it can quite possibly be okay if... Your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, wasn't the number four quarterback in the league last year. Now, since you said that, does that have a lot to do with Justin Jefferson being who he is or Kirk Cousins being a good quarterback? Okay, so I'm going to read you the top five quarterbacks statistically according to ESPN. Bring it to me. Let me hear it. Pat Mahomes, number one. Of course. Probably similar to this list here. (laughs) No. Besides Aaron Rodgers? No. Okay. Justin Herbert's number two. Wow. Tom Brady's number three. 
Kirk Cousins is number four, and Joe Burrow is number five. And what are these numbers based off of? I'm, Percentage, passing yards, touchdowns. This is all passing yards. Okay. So Kirk Cousins, number four last year in passing yards. Wow. Do you think there might be a little bit of animosity towards those two? And and not in the sense of they hate each other, but do you think that Justin Jefferson could possibly take his talents elsewhere when his rookie contract is up? He might. I mean, let's just be real. First of all, this is no knock on the Vikings, but who the hell wants to play football? In Minnesota? In Minnesota. A? Minnesota A. <sighs> but to go get back to this list, Josh Allen, who's on the f- top five list, which I, I, I do agree with it. I'm not going to lie. Number seven on the list. Jalen Hurts, number 10 on the list. Okay. So you can definitely say that he is not going by statistics yeah. when he's talking about this. To him, this is who he thinks are the top five, like, you need to get the job done quarterbacks in the league. Fair so enough. he's making an opinion-based list, and I ain't mad at it. No, I don't think I'm so I'm really not. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, where, where's Aaron Rodgers on this list? Probably not even the top 20. He is. Aaron Rodgers right. is number 11. He's yeah. right below Jalen Hurts. I think A-Rod had a horrible season last year compared to, yeah. you know, normal A-Rod. Obviously, he wasn't happy. You see he wanted to get out of Green Bay. Going to be on hard knocks. Shout out to the Jets. We did just find out about that. And we were, it really wasn't a planned topic, but I'm throwing it in there anyways. I had no idea. So thanks for telling me. Yeah, yeah Smokey, no sh- idea. <laughs> Smokey shared it into the, uh, the group message a little bit earlier. So... You will get to see a little Aaron Rodgers action, HBO, Hard Knocks, see how he's going to you know, fare out there. But, I mean, I, I don't know what list I would put together as, as top five right now because, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's retired. You, yeah. can't, you can't throw him in there anymore. <sighs> don't I, remind me. I, I definitely agree with me. the Pat Mahomes. I definitely agree with the Joe Burrow. I like Justin Herbert personally. I don't know if I would put Kirk Cousins up there. I would definitely go with Josh Allen. But I mean, you got some guys on this list. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. You know, he shout out to him. Aaron Rodgers. He can definitely be a top five guy. But somebody who I've kind of been impressed with, and I've been impressed with him since college because my team used to have to play against him sometimes. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he did really good last year, and they got that boy some weapons. And you see how that team started to look. I, I think that might be a team that's going to surprise some people. Watch out for the Jags this year, man. Watch out for the Jags. Um, now, is, do I think Kirk Cousins took offense to this? No, probably not. Because that's just the type of guy he is. He's just a guy who doesn't cuss. You know, he just—he's a guy, and I say that because he's a uh, God-fearing man. So I don't think Chris Kirk Cousins took any type of offense to this. And just like Craig said, this is a a, a list probably based off of Justin Jefferson of who he thinks a team would need to get the job done right then and there. So I mean, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers was a hot commodity going going from any team from the Packers because of the talents that he has done in the past and what type of quarterback he is. And, and so. like I said, this was the passing list according to ESPN.com. And this just to throw it out there how crazy the year was last year. Guess who number six on this list is? Baker Mayfield. Nope. Dang. Close though. What? Jared Goff. Woo! Watch out for the Detroit Lions. We said this last year, last week. So, I mean, this is going to be one of those seasons, man. A lot of movement, a lot of different players out there that are still big names in free agency. Speaking of wide receivers, Brandon Marshall, eligible for uh, Hall of Fame this year. And uh, I was looking on the old Twitter Twitter machine, and I seen an interesting tweet from somebody. And uh, I'll read it. Uh, Marshall's career was one of the best ever, according to this guy. And this is not me saying this. But he did proceed to say that Brandon Marshall had 12,351 receiving yards, which is more than Michael Irvin, Calvin Johnson, and Lance Allworth, who all three are obviously in the NFL Hall of Fame. Marshall had 970 receptions, which is more than Andre Reid, Art Monk, and Steve Largent, obviously all in the NFL Hall of Fame. And Marshall had 83 receiving touchdowns, which is far more than James Lofton and Fred Belinkentoff. And Marshall was also the first wide receiver to record a thousand yards with four different teams ever. So, uh, granted, Brandon Marshall did have a legendary career. The one thing I did have a problem with this tweet was he mentioned Calvin Johnson and how he has more receiving yards than Calvin Johnson, but the dude failed to mention that Calvin Johnson has 44 less games played than Brandon Marshall. (laughs) And Calvin Johnson has the same amount of touchdowns as Brandon Marshall in those said 44 less games. 
But going back to Brandon Marshall, do I think he's a Hall of Fame worthy wide receiver? I absolutely think he does. Or does now is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Probably not, honestly, because of it. I think me and you were talking about this a little bit. It all depends on what class and you know who all's coming out that season. So, but Brandon Marshall, I think he's had a hell of a career. Uh, I do think he eventually will get into uh, the Hall of Fame. But then again, you know, you also said that there's kind of a, a, a receiver. Uh, a log jam. Yeah, a sure. little receiver log jam of how many receivers actually do deserve to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. So, so I got uh, a list up here. Go ahead. Pro football reference, and this is the uh, wide, the rece- receiving yards leaders all time. Okay. Number two on this list, Larry Fitzgerald, not in the Hall of Fame yet. And that's a hell of a name, too. Steve Smith Jr., not in the Hall of Fame yet. Reggie Wayne, not in the Hall of Fame yet. So where's Brandon Marshall Andre on this Johnson. Th- not in the Hall of Fame yet. Brandon Marshall's number 23 on this list. Compared to those guys you just named. All those guys are in front of him. And I'm going down the list. Wow. You got you got Larry Fitzgerald at 2, Steve Smith at 8, uh, Reggie Wayne at 10, Andre Johnson at 11. You got Anquan Bolden at 14. You got Julio Jones at 16, who's still playing, who's yeah. still active, by the way. Torrey Holt at 17. Woo. You got Jason Witten. Even though he's a tight end, he's still when it comes down to receiving. So you still got to compete with that. Yep. Even those different positions, they can actually get in on the same ballot yep. in the same year. Irvin Fryer, then Brandon Marshall is the is the first person that has those yards. Yeah. So there's definitely some guys in front of him that if you're going to put Brandon Marshall in, those those other guys got to get their dues first. first. Yeah. And then there's other guys on this list that are a little bit lower than him that have been eligible for Hall of Fame before him. You got guys like Heinz Ward. Oh, wow. That's a good name right there. That's um, a great name. Antonio Brown is on this list. Excuse me, what? Antonio Brown is on this list. Um, <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, you heard me. <laughs> Why are you, you even bringing this guy up? Just because I had to throw it out there. Oh, my God. But active players, you still got D-Hop, who, who, who's on the on this list and, and climbing. A.J. Green, Mike Evans. So there, there's definitely some competition I mean, it's going to be... Yeah, going right back to it, I don't think he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. I do think eventually he'll get in, but it might be when he's like 60 years old. You know, I mean, it might take that time. You know, there's some guys who, who are old. I mean, look at uh, the, the guy who just got in with the Cowboys. Uh, uh, Drew Pearson. That's who it is. Drew Pearson. He just got in for the Cowboys. He's 72 years old. So, again, like I said, there's just there's there's going to be times where he probably is going to have to wait until he's probably 60 or 70 to where he could possibly get in because all those guys you just named are well worthy to get into the Hall of Fame before him. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. We'll, we'll see uh, if and when it happens. Definitely has the numbers. Shout out to Brandon Marshall for the uh, fantastic career. Yeah, absolutely. Attention sneakerheads and hypebeasts. It's time to join us for Just Kicking It. Shoes guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. Follow us on IG at STLR Sports Talk. Also, tag us in all your KOTD picks so we can see what fresh kicks you're rocking today. A shoe is just a shoe. Until somebody steps into it, then it has meaning. You're Michael Jordan. And your story is going to make us want to fly. Uh, next thing we're getting into, we're obviously going to talk about old Prime, old Deion Sanders re-signing back with the old Nike. What do you feel? How you feel about this, Craig Wiley? I'm kind of excited, honestly, because last week our shoe topic was, uh, you know, what was some non-Jordans? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite? Not, and I mean, obviously that you can have more than one favorite. I believe you threw these in here, actually. One of these shoes, his 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 prime shoes back in the day, I believe you said these last week, didn't you? No, no, did it was the not? kamikazes. That no, no, no. I know you said those, but I thought you were. Maybe we did. I don't uh, know. I don't, honorable I, mention is. It might have been honor. It might have yeah. been. But I like the primes. They are definitely. Uh, I'm excited because now we can probably get those back. A hundred percent. You know, absolutely. You know, Nike is already on the drawing board, getting those prime Deion Sanders Nikes, getting ready to to release a prime next year. I guarantee it. This is one of my favorite football shoes for sure because you know a lot of people like I feel like when it comes to the sneaker game a lot of the basketball shoes get love but the NFL guys the NFL shoes don't really get as much love these were one of the you know shoes that would compete with Jordans the Griffies were another shoe that competed with Jordans and one of my all-time favorite shoes as well Barry Sanders yeah 
I also love Michael Vick's Nike shoes when he came out. Remember, he was with the Falcons. He did have some. And clean they had shoes. that commercial where you could actually play as Michael Vick as a like a ride of amusement ride. I loved it, man. He had some dope shoes as well. But Dion, man, you know, you know dang well uh, Nike's getting the 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 drawing board together and they're they're getting those those shoes out ASAP because he has just such a big name right now with being Colorado coach and how much pub, pub he's getting just period. When whatever he talks about when it comes oh, there, to college, there's so. definitely going to be some black, white, and gold Dion's coming out percent really soon. Uh, oh, I'm sure he's probably already got them, Craig Wiley Jr. I'm sure he's already got them. Oh, the team may be wearing those beginning of the season. This season, <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of pull that Dion Sanders has. Exactly. And, and and shout out to our behind the scenes producer Chad Brockoff. He did send me a couple commercials that I'm gonna uh, you know play for us here in a second, so that way we can uh, kind of enjoy some of the throwback. Greatness that Nike used to produce that they don't really do so much more, com- you know, commercial wise as they did back in the days because now everything's all social media related. It's just got the clout. A lot of the you know old school got you don't need to advertise Jordans because Jordans just Jordan. But there were some great commercials back in the day. These ones included one Dennis Leary, and I'm going to go ahead and play it for you right now. Shout out to our boy Chad. We'll, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, I got two words for Santa Claus. Dion Santa Claus, okay? Sit down, Santa. Sit your big backside down the Yuletide bench, because this year I'm dreaming of a Santa Claus Christmas where a slim, trim guy in a designer suit scales the highest chimneys, dashes through the deepest snow, and squat thrusts the heaviest presents. You think a jelly belly from some elf-infested igloo is going to get the goods there on time? Hey, this year there's no crying and no pouting. Why? Because Deion Santa Claus is coming to town. Ho, ho, ho. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And last year he hit over 300. Welcome back to No Boundary Sports Talk. I'm Craig Wiley, joined again by my boy Derek Fugers. We got a little Hall of Fame baseball talk for you guys. Yeah, the one and only Fred Crime Dog McGriff getting inducted into the one and only Baseball Hall of Fame. I tell you what, Fred McGriff... You can ask my dad, was my favorite baseball player in the 90s. You know, with watching that, you know what I'm saying? And not the late 90s when they won the World Series of the Braves, when he won the World Series of the Braves, but like early 90s, right when he finished his career with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, you know, 2000s when I started kind of paying attention to baseball. Fred McGriff was definitely the guy for me. I remember going to my first Rays game. It was Fred McGriff bobblehead night. I got a Fred McGriff bobblehead. And I think it just took off from there, you know what I'm saying? So, but Fred McGriff, man, going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Crime Dog. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously a, a Tampa Bay born player went to school in uh, uh, Jefferson High School up in Tampa, and you know, so it's just good to see a guy like that who's from the Tampa Bay area goes to finish his career in the Tampa for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time, and uh, it's good to see him finally get his uh, his uh, stamp into Cooperstown. Honestly, well deserved, man. Had a great career. Obviously, you know, probably most famously with the Atlanta Braves when he yeah. won, you know, the, the World Series and yeah. all that stuff. Played for some great teams. Always a stand-up guy. Um, do you still have the bobblehead, though? No, I do not. Could you imagine <laughs> if I still had that, man? That'd be pretty dope. That'd be pretty dope. I'm not even going to lie. Chad's probably mad. You lost the bobblehead. Yeah, of course. Fired. But talk about a friend who's, who, you know, he spent five years with the Rays, you know. So he, he spent a lot of time with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and the Rays or whatever you want to call them. But uh, this is obviously a guy who's uh, forty was forty years old when he finally called it quits. <laughs> Played nineteen seasons in the MLB, four hundred and ninety four, uh, four hundred ninety three home runs. Had three hundred hit three hundred exact home runs in the nineteen nineties. Exactly three hundred. So from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine, exactly three hundred home runs. So the guy was just incredible. He was All Star MVP. He won a uh, World Series with the Braves in nineteen ninety five. He won three times. Three times. He was a three-time Silver Slugger award. So the guy is obviously well deserved and has the stats and accolades to back it up himself. So well deserved stamp to Cooperstown, Mister Fred Crime Dog. That's that's a cool nickname, Crime Dog, because it's like obviously Crime Dog. Uh, what was his name? McGruff. Officer McGruff. Uh, McGruff. You yeah. know, and and who came first, Fred McGruff or think, Officer McGruff? I think McGruff. So we're gonna look up birthdays. <laughs> do we do we have to look up birthdays? Okay, technically, probably Fred McGriff, but McGruff was the thing. That's where they that's where they got the inspiration for the crime dog. This is like asking the chicken or the egg, what came first? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, 
So I feel like we'll get trapped in the Mandela effect if we try to search this. We'll, we'll move on from this one. Uh, also, uh, Wade Boggs getting inducted to the uh, Rays uh, Ring of Honor as well. So. so so he's going to the Rays Ring of Honor. Yeah. Both of them played for the Rays. That's pretty cool. Two guys who finished their career in Tampa at 40 years old, too. <laughs> Isn't it ironic, don't you think? That's not. And, and Wade Boggs, he's he's famous, obviously, for the for your Red Sox. Yeah. He, he You know, he was the man back Come in the on, day. Man. Yeah, and uh, talk about the home run derby. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. won the home run derby this past weekend. Uh, this past week, I'm sorry, not not even two days ago. It was on a two, on a on a Monday night. I mean, the I didn't even know it. My dad was like, "You gonna watch the home run derby?" And I was like, "I didn't even know it was on tonight." So, but it was all good. I got to see it. Uh, Randy or oh, Randy Rosarina from the Rays. He was in the finals as well. Couldn't really get out. Uh, Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. just got that that size and muscle. First father son. To win the uh, home run derby, uh, his dad actually hit 17 total home runs in the home run derby. He hit 25 in round one, <laughs> so it's like it's crazy. Well, it's just obviously the the rules have changed. They had 10 outs back in the, those days, and I actually kind of like that, you know. But it's kind of cool to see them get the three minutes at the same time because it is kind of an endurance pace at that point, and you want to yes. get a rhythm. You know, but it, it's but at the same time, I feel like the later rounds should kind of be reverted back to the ten out system, kind of kind of get that true hit. You know, what I'm saying you got to pick the pitch that you want instead of getting a rhythm. So, I would I wouldn't be hate to see them kind of add that to the maybe next year, maybe in the final, maybe it be a ten out system instead of three minutes and see exactly who can hit the home runs that way. I mean, that'd be pretty dope as well. So, well, speaking of the All Star Game, a lot of people were pretty mad. That they had like the the two different jerseys for the All Star teams instead of the uh, traditional. I noticed where that. The, where the guys wear wear their own jerseys. Yeah. Obviously, the home teams in white, the away teams in their colors. Well, you know where I noticed that at. I noticed that in the home run derby because in the home run derby they usually are wearing their the All Star jersey, their their jersey that they wore yesterday, and in the games they usually wear their. Own jersey. Own jersey, just whatever color, gray or white. Yeah, home or away. And I was like, wait a minute, when the heck did they start doing this? So it's funny that you said that because I noticed that during the home run derby last night. I I think with the complaints from the baseball people, I I think it might switch back next year. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, they listen to the people. When when you got a. Organization like the Oakland A's and the, the the people are speaking by only two thousand fans showing up to baseball games. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's just a long season. I think that's part of it. But back to the All Star Game, the NL did win three to two last night, breaking a nine year drought. Damn. Haven't won since two thousand twelve. Wow! So shout out to the NL, and uh, it was tough, man, because I'm a little I'm a little biased in the All Star this year. A couple of players from the Red Sox that I think deserve to get in. But I don't think they did because they're not the really the best team right now. It but happens. It's, it's okay. It happens. It's okay. It's, it, 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 it takes effect when you're. Uh, yeah, let's put, let's put four race players in there. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's fine. I mean, Just because it's the number one team in baseball, we got to put four players. I get it. That's I how it works. The politics. Works. I understand. When's the last time you seen Orlando Magic guy in the All Star game? Exactly. Paulo Bancaro this year. Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner this year. Count it. We'll, Book we'll, it. We'll Ticket. see. We'll see. Here it is. We'll see it. Here it is. That'll be a discussion for next week. All right. All right. Well, here it is. Well, that's what we'll talk about next week. What realistic Magic player has a chance to make, make the All-Star team this year? Okay. I can think of two. Okay. Matter of fact, I can think of three. You just named the, the two of them. But we'll, 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 we'll save, I'll save that third one for next, for next week. week. In that note, make sure you tune in next week to see what we talk about. This has been another No Boundaries. I am Craig Wiley. Well, my boy, Derek Fugers, we will catch you next week.